0: the name of Jesus and I command poverty you must go I command you sickness and disease you must go you must bow the knee I crush you by the weight of authority that has been granted unto me through Christ Jesus. Hello everyone welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio you are moments away from receiving God's rich word but first remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast and don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. So here we are in part number three, and I want to welcome all of you that are here, and welcome also our online community. Online community, welcome, welcome, Kingdom Rock. Let's welcome our online community. Hallelujah. Hello! Wherever you are all around the world, we celebrate you and we thank you for being a part of today's service. Uh, we, I have you in mind. We have you in mind as we're here. And, and as you're watching and listening there, I believe that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is also transferring there in your home, in your car, at your workplace, wherever you are, at the gym, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. And I believe today is your day of marvelous deliverance. So thank you for joining us. All right, well, we're in the series, part number three of Fight the Power, and this series starts with a confession, a nine-part confession, and so we're also going to confess these today, so I pray that you will confess them with me, and it starts like this. I am an overcomer. Okay, we can say it together. Yes, let's start again. I am an overcomer. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus I am blessed because Christ was made a curse for me. I am seated in Christ and with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. I receive power and authority over all the power of the enemy and that's right. And I shall not be hurt. The greater one lives in me. God has commanded angels to protect me and my family every day. I declare the word of God with boldness. Every day, in some way, I advance the kingdom of heaven in the earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, if you've not heard parts two and part one, go back and do that because every week we are layering it. One step leads to the next Our first scripture today starts in the book of Genesis. Genesis, the first chapter, Genesis 1. And you'll see scriptures also on the screen uh, here in the congregation and also on on television. You'll you'll see those as well. And we're going to start here in the book in the uh, Amplified Bible, Genesis, the first chapter, verse 28. Now, I want you to see here that the fight that we are a part of, because we're in a serious fight the power, And the fight that you are part of didn't start the day that you were born. This fight started there in the book of Genesis for us, for mankind. It started there in the book of Genesis. So we're gonna go back there and glean a few truths from there. It says here in Genesis 1, verse number 28, it says, and God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it. Can you say subjugate it? That's right. And subjugate it, that is putting it under your power, and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we see, I want you to see that in the very beginning, mankind was given authority. Mankind was granted authority, authority to subjugate or put things under its power. It says here, subjugate it, putting it under your power. Subjugate the earth, everything that moves upon the earth, and put it under your power. So in the very beginning, man was meant to have the power or or was given the governorship, if, if you will, of the earth. In the very beginning, man was given the governorship or the rule over the earth. God pronounced that and it was so. Well, we know that uh, in, during the fall, Adam and Eve, you know, they fell, they ate of the forbidden fruit. And that governorship, as you, if you will, that authority was transferred from man and given to Satan. He testified about that there in the book of Luke, I believe Luke the fourth chapter, as he tempted Jesus there on what we call the mountain of temptation. He said, all this power was given unto me it was given unto me, granted unto me, and I'll give it to whoever I want to. Well, Jesus didn't argue with that because that was true. Man, man in our sinful deed, eating of that forbidden fruit, we sinned and we transferred ownership, or we can say the governorship or authority, transferred that to the enemy, to Satan, and he held that. But Jesus got it back. Hallelujah and in greater detail. Now I want you to show, I want to also show you a promise that God made in Genesis the third chapter, Genesis the third chapter, verse number 15. We're gonna also read this out of the Amplified Bible. And this is how it reads. And I will put enmity, open hostility, between you and the woman, and between your seed, offspring, and her seed. He, shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. Now the word bruise there in the, in the Hebrew means to crush or to strike. So the Father is talking about Christ in this example here. He's telling, he's foretelling uh, of the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of Christ in the earth. He said that the seed of the woman, now we know the seed, the, the seed is carried by the man. Woman, women do not carry a seed. It is the man that carries the seed. So this is foretelling of a virgin birth. So the father said plainly, the one that I will send, and we know that one is Jesus, the Christ. The one that I will send will crush your head. Head talks about authority. He will come and crush your authority. What authority? The authority that you were granted by Adam and Eve. He will come, Jesus will come, the Christ will come, and he will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. And surely that was done that bruising or that striking or crushing we could see that happening to Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. Surely he was beaten unrecognizable. Surely the the crown of thorns upon his head and the lashes upon his back and the and the the beating and the abuse that he endured and the uh, and the nails in his hands and and in his feet surely that was the crushing of christ so again the father prophesied told the devil what was going to happen he said he christ will crush your head your authority but you will crush or bruise uh, bruise his heel. That is, you would have something to do with the Christ, and surely that took place. Well, if that happened to Jesus, don't you know also that that authority was also transferred, uh, Satan's, Satan's dominion or rule or control was crushed. If Jesus was, if Jesus was crushed, so was Satan's authority. Hallelujah to the Amen. Lamb of God. Amen. So I want you to see something here. It says that um, he, talking about Jesus, will bruise your head, but you will bruise his feet. You will bruise, or rather bruise his heel. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. Think about that. Normally, when you see something like that, you may see an individual that's on the ground, an individual on the ground, and I want you to catch this picture here. You see the the heel, The heel and the weight of the body is on the heel. The weight of the body is on the heel. So the head of the enemy is down and Christ has his head, rather Christ has his heel on the enemy's head. This represents subjugation or total control or mastery. I am holding you down. The weight of my body is holding you down. You are now subject unto me. And this is the picture that the Father says to the enemy in the very beginning. Yes, you did this with Adam and Eve. Yes, they sinned. But let me tell you, I am sending an anointing. I'm sending Christ in the earth. I'm sending my Son in the earth, and He will have total and complete mastery over you. This is a picture where head meets heel. This is a picture. This is a picture that you have to see here in the book of Genesis where where the father said, I will send an anointing. I will send my messenger. I will send my savior who will crush your power, who will crush your authority. Hallelujah. So we see this picture here. Now, we can also look at this as well in the book of Joshua. Joshua, the 10th chapter. Oh, I'm thankful that you're hearing today. I'm thankful that you're getting this. Glory to God, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you that you would get this word and walk in the manifestation of it. Glory to God. I've been praying and hallelujah. And I know the Father has been hearing my prayers. Glory to God. So here in the book of Joshua, the 10th chapter, I wanna show you two verses. Joshua, 10th chapter, verses 24 and 25. And you will see here that same sort of picture. Now Joshua in the Old Testament is a type of Christ, or he typifies Christ. Christ. Joshua, if you want to see an example of Jesus in the Old Testament, look at Joshua, because it is Joshua that leads the people of God out of the wilderness into the promised land. It is Joshua that leads them. It is Joshua that gives them victory on every side. Here in Joshua, the 10th chapter, the children of Israel were in trouble again. Five kings and their armies came against the children of Israel, and Joshua led them into battle and led them victoriously. As a matter of fact, the slaughter was so great that the sun began to go down. And Joshua knew that if the sun went down, that he would lose a portion of his victory. So he, he, had, to, he had to stop that. And so he declared, "Sun, stand still. And God hearkened unto the voice of Joshua. Sounds like Jesus to me. Now Joshua is not Jesus Christ, but he is a type or example of Christ in the Old Testament. He is showing what Jesus would be and do for us in this time. Joshua told the son, son, stand still. And the sun stayed still in its place. And Joshua and the army of God was able to continue to fight and war against the enemy. And what they couldn't fight and kill the Bible says that God sent down hell upon the people. Great stones upon the enemy army. God fought with them. God fought on Israel's side, and the victory was great and total and complete. Well, during that battle, Joshua told uh, his armies, take those five kings and put them in a cave. I got special plans for them. Well, this is where it picks up. Now Joshua has the people to to bring the kings out the cave, and he's going to show them a certain picture here. Now I want you to see this. Look at verse number 24. And it says, And it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua that Joshua called all that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war which went with him, Come near. He's telling them, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said to them, fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong and of good courage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. So here's this other picture again of subjugation, of dominance, of rule control as God's people, the army of God fights against the enemy and you see another picture here of heel or foot on the head, or that is in this case the neck, holding them down, where the enemy is held down, the enemy is held down by the weight of the body. And the Lord is showing them again, this is how this is how it's gonna happen with your enemies. So be strong and of good courage. The Father said he will do this exact same thing for you and the enemies that you fight today. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Yes. Although the opposition may seem grim, I mean it may seem terrible, horrible, There are so much more people against you. But God said when he is on your side, he is more than the whole world against you. And this same picture that was brought forth from Genesis that is now brought here in the book of Joshua, is the same picture that Jesus is bringing us today. Hallelujah. He's promising to give you dominance over your enemy. He said, well, that was the Old Testament. Sure, that's not a New Testament. I would say, well, you don't know your Bible yet, but keep on coming. Let's look at Luke, the 10th chapter. We've been reading it for the last few weeks. Luke 10, we're gonna just hit here for a minute, and then come back to it. Luke, the 10th chapter, verse number 19. Luke 10, verse 19 out of the King James Version says this. Behold, I give unto you, Jesus speaking. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, we know the word tread means to crush with the feet. Somebody's gonna get that, I know it. The word tread means to crush with the feet. Jesus bringing up the same picture and image once again, the same image that was in the book of Joshua, the same image that was in the book of Genesis, where Jesus said, I give to you power simply to crush your enemy, crush his power with your feet. That is, I give you control, I give you dominance, I give you the ability to rule, I give you the ability to subjugate your enemy, I give you this ability, he said, I grant this power unto you 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 have been granted this power and authority through Christ Jesus hallelujah to the lamb of God now what was once held by mankind as a whole by Adam and Eve has been lost but it has been regained the power and the authority has been regained through Jesus Christ our Lord to rule and to reign hallelujah glory to God now let me show you this you again you have been given power to subdue your enemy. And the Lord gives you this power through his name. Let's look at Philippians the 2nd chapter. Philippians the 2nd chapter, verse number 9 and 10. Philippians the 2nd chapter, verse number 11, uh, verse number rather in 9 through 11. Verse number eleven. first number Lord help me 9 through 11. Out of the King James version it says this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, talking about Jesus. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. Let's read verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee, say every, say every, every. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee speaks about those things that are in opposition to him, those things that are opposing his authority. He says, whatever comes against you. Now, again, you are the body of Jesus Christ. You are the body of Christ. There is none other. You are the body of Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name, but Christ means the anointed. He's the anointed one and his anointing. You are not the, called the body of Jesus. No, Jesus has his body, hallelujah. It has uh, this, the nail prints in his body, hallelujah. And he keeps those scars today as a reminder of what he did for you and I, glory to God. We are not the body of Jesus, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of his anointing. Now the anointing is what was upon Jesus. and The anointing is the power of God, the, the, power, the power of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God that was upon Jesus and enabled him to do the work of God in the earth. Hallelujah. The anointing. So when God calls you the body of his anointing, he's saying that you are the body of his power, that you have his influence, that you have his authority, glory to God, and that you have the ability to crush the enemy that fights against you. Remember this picture. God said that when an enemy comes against you through 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 the authority of Jesus, it must bow. Your foot must be on his neck, your foot must be on his head, and you will crush it. You will crush it. You will destroy it, hallelujah, through the authority that God has granted unto you. You say, well, what does that mean for me today? What does that mean for me today? I'm so glad you asked that. Let's go back now to the book of uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, let's look at verse number 12. We'll be getting back into some of these things today. I want you to see this language of subjugation. See this language of subjugation because never one day in your life had your Heavenly Father ever planned for you to be defeated. Never one day in your life has it ever been planned or written in a book that you would fail. Never one day in your life In Christ Jesus, have you ever been assigned a failure? Has the the devil ever had power over you? No, not one single moment when the Father's given you unlimited power and unlimited authority through the name of Jesus. Now, let me say this again. God has not limited his power in your life. He has not limited his spirit in your life. You have his spirit and his authority without measure without measure somebody's got to hear this without measure the only person that measures God's power in your life or dumbs it down so to speak or devalues it is you The only, person that, the only person that is capable of doing that, not even the devil himself, is capable of diminishing God's authority and power in your life. Only you are capable of doing that. Glory to God, see this picture here and you'll understand why it's Jesus, why is God, keeps showing us this picture of subjugation. Why does he keep saying rule, reign, subdue? And that goes all throughout the Bible as he talks about his own people. Look at Ephesians the 12th, rather, Ephesians the 6th chapter, verse number 12 of uh, the King James Version. It says this I want you to see this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, let me say it this way. The, the, the battle that you're facing is not natural. It never has been natural. This is all has always been a supernatural conflict, an otherworldly conflict, a spiritual conflict. The enemy knows that if he can get it to manifest in the spirit, if he can get it to occur in the spirit, he can also get it to occur in the natural. If the battle is won and fought in the spirit, it will be won and fought in the natural. If the battle is lost in the natural world, it is because it's been lost in the spirit. Once God gives you control of the spirit, control of the spiritual domain, he's also giving you control in the physical domain. Hallelujah. This is why he says the battle that is waging against you is not one of flesh and blood. It is not one of brick and mortar. It is not one concerning you and your boss or you and you and a friend, you and society or you and the man. The man is always trying to hold me down. It has nothing to do with it. Your gaze is too low. But if you look in the spirit realm, and if you win the battle in the spirit, the the natural will line up, because that is how everything was made. In the very beginning, God said, and then there was. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. God's word is spirit. It is God's word is a spirit, and he that is a spirit spoke spiritual words that produce natural things so it has always been the pattern where the spirit comes first and then the natural the spirit first and then the natural this is why the Lord said the battle that you are facing is not one of flesh and blood it is a spiritual battle and if you win the spiritual battle you will win the natural battle this is why God gave you dominion in the spirit the name of Jesus is spirit the name is spirit and as you use the name of Jesus in prayer and in your spiritual time as you use this name to confront the adversary the adversary must bow the knee and as you win in the spirit you will win in the natural that is a law it must always come to pass in that form and shape hallelujah so I tell you if you're losing in the natural it's because you're losing in the spirit if you're winning in the Natural. it's because you're winning in the spirit hallelujah. hallelujah understand the nature of this battle the Bible declares that we wrestle not now I want to show you I want to show you another picture of subjugation the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood now the word wrestle wrestle uh, there in the Greek is the word uh, pale pale in the Greek and listen to listen to the definition it means a contest between two in which one endeavors to throw the other, and which is decided when the victor is able to hold his opponent down with his hand upon his neck. Now this is out of the Bible dictionary, one of the Bible dictionaries. I'm telling you, you can research this word your, yourself, and you'll find out that this what I'm saying to you is true, the victor is found to be the one that is able to hold the others down by their neck. Another picture of subjugation. The Lord said you, through the name of Jesus, will hold your enemies down by their neck. You will hold their head. If you hold the neck down, guess what? You've got the head down too. You also got the entire body as well. Are you hearing? Now, understand something. We typically think uh, many let me say it this way: Many modern-day believers, we stay on the defensive so many times. We keep saying, "Devil, get off of me!" and "Oh, the devils, this, and devils, that." And as long as there's no negative pressure on you, many believers don't even pray. They only pray when there is something attacking them or coming against them. But understand, the wrestling match is twofold. Twofold. Sometimes you will have to uh, resist, then other times you're on the offensive and you're attacking. And let me tell you this, the strongest defense is the strongest offense. The strongest offense, the stronger your offense, the stronger your defense. This is why nations in this world have nuclear bombs. They call them deterrents. They're simply saying, we are ready for a conflict. If you want to bring it, well then bring it. We got some, we can push a button and and make you all go to dust. We've been preparing for conflict. We've been preparing for war. So they've been preparing the nations of the world, preparing for conflict, preparing for war. And they figure the better their opposition, or rather the the better their offense, the more unlikely it is for the enemy to come at them. And I remember one particular movie, and this was so, so, so powerful. This man told his son, son, if you ever go out and you have to fight somebody, I want you to hit them so hard. I mean, put put all your weight into that hit so that when they come at you again the next time, they'll think twice. Hit them so hard, put all your force in it, even if you lose, take it to them so hard, bruise them and battle them so hard that if they even think about threatening you again, they're going to have to back up. But what's happening with us? We say, well, don't, wanna, don't, don't say the devil because, you know, he may come and do something to you. Don't 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 say this and, and, and don't say that. You know, you don't want the enemy, you know, if you if, if you say devil I declare war on you, ooh, you don't know what devil gonna do to you. But listen, let me let me can I clue you in on a secret? You're trying not to make waves so the devil will, will so the devil won't mess with you, but he already been messing with you. He already been trying to steal something from you, take something from you, put disease on you, sickness on you. He's already trying to put poverty on you and all these things. He's already actively attacking you. Your lack of words, your lack of offense against him is not making him not attack you. But I'm telling you that as you rise in the morning and you declare in whatever trouble area you have going on, you declare, I stand today in the name of Jesus and in the authority of Christ Jesus as a son of God, and I declare right now that that every devil and demon is subject unto me through the name of Jesus, and I command poverty, you must go. I command you sickness and disease, you must go. You must bow the knee. I crush you by the weight of authority that has been granted unto me through Christ Jesus. Somebody's gonna get that. Because you're gonna have to understand who you are and you enforce who you are. Every piece of ground you take, just like Joshua did with the children of Israel in the Old Testament, again, they went from city to city to city to the city. Uh, uh, They went forth conquering and conquering and conquering, taking back the thing that belonged to them and this is what you're going to have to do. I'm not sure what area that you're going through now, what trouble that you're in, how the enemy is trying to deceive you, make you think that God is not with you, and that God has not heard you, and he's not listening to your prayers, and all of that. He's trying to convince you to stop praying, to, to stop reading your Bible, stop going to church. It's not working. Let me tell you now, those things are alive from the pits of hell. The devil knows that if you are in Christ Jesus. You carry the name of Jesus and that God has given you unlimited power and unlimited resources. The devil knows that God has an exceeding great power towards you who believes. God knows that. The devil knows that. And the the devil is hoping that you don't realize that. Because the moment that you stand up in your authority and you declare devil I've come to subjugate you. I've come to dominate Name. I've come to rule and I will have my family back. I will have my finances back. I will have my health back. Everything that you've stolen, I've come to take it back sevenfold in Jesus' name. You've got to fight the power. You've got to fight for your rights. You can't allow the devil to keep on running over you not when Jesus has given you his name. He's given you his authority. So you say, how does this apply to me? My God, have you been listening? Win the battle in the spirit, then you will win the battle in the natural. Win the battle in the spirit, then you will win the battle in the natural. But again, this is a wrestling match. It is a wrestling match. In, this, in a wrestling uh, competition, uh, it's a battle of one. You against the opponent. Mom and daddy love you, but they can't get in the ring with you in a wrestling match. Pastor love you, but he can't get in there with you in a wrestling match. Only you can get in there and fight with your enemy. We can cheer you on on the outside and say, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. But it's a wrestling match. It's a one-on-one thing and you're gonna have to put your hand on the enemy's neck, put your foot on his neck, and hold him down. Not with your power, the Bible declares to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You confront the enemy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So whatever whatever battle you are facing, realize that you must take the offensive. You gotta get the ball sometime you got to get the ball sometime. If we're talking about football, you got to get the ball sometime. You're going to get mighty tired of always trying to stop him from scoring on you. You got to get the ball sometime and you got to run your score up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus is your quarterback and he's willing to throw the ball to you. But if you're sitting on the sideline, no devil don't get me, don't get me devil, don't hit me devil, don't hit me devil. No, you got to get up from where you are and declare your rights and privileges in the Father. Yes, yes. Are you hearing me? Now, why did God grant you the ability to subjugate and rule the enemy? Why did he grant you this ability? He's giving you again his power as we begin to close. Why did God grant you this ability to subjugate, to rule, and to reign? Why did he do that? Why, why did he do that? Why did he give you his power without measure? Why did he do that? You need to be asking these questions. Why did you give me this? Why are you giving me th- this authority? Why are you giving me the name of Jesus? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? What's the, what is the purpose behind that? Well, Jesus tells you there, here in the book of Matthew, Matthew 6, Verses nine and 10, I want you to hear this, and I pray you take this so seriously. Yes, yes. Jesus told the disciples, in Matthew 6, chapter, uh, Matthew 6, chapter verses nine and 10, this is what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really not the Lord's Prayer, it's really the model prayer, or we can say the Disciples Prayer. Why don't we call it the Lord's Prayer? Why, why is that incorrect? Because this prayer includes sin, forgive us, of our debts, as we forgive our debtors, our, our sins, forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus never had any sin in his life at all. He was a sinless, spotless lamb of God. So why would he pray, Father, forgive me of my sin? No, this is not his prayer, this is not, the, we call it the Lord's prayer, but this is really the disciples prayer, or the model prayer, hallelujah. He knew that you and I would have sin, so he put that in there, how to deal with it, hallelujah. Glory to God. And so it says here, after this after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10 is your answer of why God's given you this authority and power. Verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? In earth as it is where? In heaven. Look at this again, now the King James says again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Let's say that again. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. He wants you, you've been granted this power and authority to establish the rule and reign of the Father in the earth. That means whatever is not like heaven should not be ruling and reigning in your life. If there's no sickness in heaven, ruling in heaven, sickness should not be ruling in your life. That means we fight against it. We war against it, we fight against it, we war against it. We do not allow that thing to happen. We we put ourselves on record that I resist this, I resist this and I will be resisting this poverty, resisting this shame, this doubt, this depression, this anxiety, I'll resist this, I'll resist this to my dying breath, I will stay on the battlefield and worship and serve the Lord to my dying breath. I will honor the Lord and I will honor his word hallelujah to the lamb of God and it is the Father's will that his kingdom would come, his, his, his order His order would come and that his will would be done. If it's done in heaven, it should be happening in our lives and in the atmosphere all around us. He sent us here, he sent you here. You were born in this end time, not of the will of your mother and your father, but you were born of God's will. He allowed you to be born in this period. You could have been born back in Bible times or you could have been born in, in back in the 1800s or whenever, but no, he chose you to be born in this time, to be a part of the end time church that will carry his power and the authority, and you're going to see signs and wonders and miracles happen in your life and those that are around you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And let me show you one more also in the book of Acts. Acts the 17th chapter, verse 30 through 31, not going to finish with this today. Well, that's why, Lord willing, there will be a part four. Acts 17, verse 30 through 31 says this out of the New Living Translation. It says, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things, that is about worshiping idols in earlier times, but now he commands everyone, everywhere to repent of their sins. And turn to him. Why? For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. God gave you his power and authority so that you would warn mankind as well, so that you would tell them that God has a day of judgment. And he has commanded man. Man, woman, boy or girl, there's a command. God has commanded them to repent and give their lives to him. It's a command. It's a command. I used to think when somebody would say, now this was years ago, but in my carnal mind, I used to think when people wanted to pray for someone else to get saved, Gene, I, I, I used to think, well, maybe we shouldn't pray for them to get saved. Maybe we should pray that their eyes would be open that, and that they would have the opportunity to think and reason among themselves whether they should be saved or not. Maybe we should put it back on them. Well, that's not according to scripture because God commanded them to be saved. He commanded them to be, He commanded them to repent. He commanded them to repent and to turn to him. So when I pray, God, I pray that so-and-so repents and turn their hearts to you. I'm speaking the language of heaven. I'm speaking the language of my Father. I'm speaking my Father's will over their lives. Because everybody in heaven is free from sin. Everybody in heaven is is free from condemnation, shame, and, and doubt. Everybody in heaven, no one in heaven has a chain on them. And as you pray that they be free from the bondages and uh, the shackles of the enemy, you're praying God's will over their lives. And when you pray in line with God, you will find that his power flows in your prayers and you will see deliverance on every side. But understand this, wrestling match, a wrestling match, a true wrestling match is not over in a few seconds. It may take a while. But why is that possible since I have all this power and authority? You see, the more you give yourself to God, and we'll look at this, the more you give yourself to him, the more you allow his power to circulate through your life, the more you believe in what he said, the greater your power and strength will grow. The greater power and strength will grow in you. Now it is already perfect, the power of God is already perfect, but your ability to handle it and, and to wield it like a sword, that is under development. That's under development. Like you can have the best sword there is, or the best firing arm there is, but how you handle it is growing. How you handle it, the weight of it, how it feels, all of that is growing and developing in you. And the more you give yourself to him, the more you say, Jesus, here I am, Lord, I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. I agree not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. The more you say that, the more you commit your life to him, the more you, bec- the more you become in a oneness with the, with the power and presence of God that's already in your life. That's the thing, how, how much of him God all of God is already in you by the way but how much of how much of you does he have how much of you does he have you are the temple of the holy spirit he's already there but how much of you does he have and the more of you that he has the more power and authority that you will see manifesting out of your life so i pray today that you would take heed to his word, and that you would follow his instructions, that you will lay your life down and give all that you have to him. Let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name I pray for your loved ones that are here today and that are watching. Lord, I pray, Father, with all that I have, all that was, that's within me, I pray that they will receive the revelation of who you really are that they'll receive the revelation and the oneness of the authority and power that you place on the inside of them. Father, whether you have to do it in a dream, or whether you have to do it in a vision, or whether you have to do it through the word, through their own, private Bible study or prayer time. What have you got to do, Father? I pray that you would awaken their hearts. And Father, I call them to awaken. I call them to awaken to greatness and that the gift of God be stirred up within them, that they would not be fooled by the enemy. Yes. Father, I pray that those shackles will be taken off of their eyes, that they would see those scales, rather, taken off their eyes so that they can see the plan in the attack of the enemy. And Father, I pray that they will walk in your authority and they will yes. walk, finally walk in their destiny. Yes, Lord. For you've called them here for a reason. And Lord, I thank you that they will subjugate their enemy and that they will rule and that that picture of that foot on that head will be theirs in Christ. I give you praise today, Father, and I thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.